so good to have you with us today. And we always open up with prayer. And we pray for leaders. And that's something that you and I need to be doing. You know, if we want to live in a country where we don't have to continually fight for freedom and fight for uh, the thing, then we've got to do what churches do, which is to take the family of God and the good news of what Jesus has done for them and as church reaches out and loves its neighbor and, and shares the powerful gospel of Jesus Christ, His grace, then people begin to be influenced by the church and the message of Christ. They begin to become born again, family after family. And so if the church is not doing its job, then we become this religious, legalistic, uh, fighting with uh, everything around us and that's not the way God has designed it and so I have to tell you know I'm, I'm been speaking to pastors and leaders and saying we've dropped the ball the church has dropped the ball when it comes to being this life-giving light and the salt that this our nation needs our city needs we've got to rise up with this beautiful message of Jesus so that people see the relevancy of Judeo-Christian principles, of freedom, um, of liberty. Our whole nation is based on Judeo-Christian principles from the Bible, but generations now have moved away from it. So that's why Springs is so crucial. And as uh, Pastor Zach was saying, that we've got to be contemporary, relevant to the people that we're reaching. So we need to pray for our leaders. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for leaders in our cities, our provinces, and our nation. We pray for our prime minister. We pray, Father, for the people that are around him. We ask for the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of you, Father, upon him. We pray that only the right people have his ear. We pray, Father, right now for leaders in business, leaders, Father, in education, leaders in health care. We pray that, Father, we would raise up incredible men and women with a heart that loves people. We pray, Father, for America right now. We pray that your will would be done there. We pray that peace would reign, that truth would rise up. We pray for those who are listening and we stand in agreement with them that, Father, their countries would have leaders with hearts after God, after freedom, after liberty. Father, after a love for the very people they are to serve. And, Father, for leaders that will not walk that out, we pray you'd move them out and move in great men and women. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray for the church. Let the generals of the kingdom of God rise up. Let the people rise up, all of us, Father, with our gifts and our abilities, Father, in a love and that agape love of God, that, Father, is not weak or wimpy, it's powerful and it's strong and it raises up great leaders. Let people, Father, from the kingdom of light rise up into leadership positions. I speak this in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Today I want to talk about the one quality that is needed to have God's leading consistently. The one quality that is needed if you want to see the, the Word of God that you can learn begin to manifest itself in your life. One of the greatest painful things I see in Christians' lives is 
coming to know Jesus Christ as Savior and be reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John or the entire New Testament, the Old Testament, and seeing all the miracles. Miracles of healing. Miracles that impact nations and saves nations. Miracles during famines. Miracles of protection. Miracles as Jesus walks the streets. Miracles in relationships. And yet so few people today as I travel, and I have traveled and spoken all over, I've noticed that few see what I would call the manifestation of God's presence in their outer life. And so I want to talk about that today because I see a major failure and it makes Christianity unattractive to the people we share with when we simply are another religion that must meditate and learn to just handle the mess that you're in. The Bible promises incredible, miraculous intervention by God, His angels, His presence. Miracles is what the early church grew in. Miracles is what we've been promised. The inheritance for you as a believer is one of the angels of God protecting you, encamped around you, the health of God keeping every cell in your body healthy and protected. I mean the peace of God keeping your mind and your emotions strong, the joy of the Lord impacting your kids, your grandkids, generate this is what God has promised, but yet so many people struggle. And I want to talk about that, because until you understand this area, you will continue to struggle in your own way. And God wants you to know how to walk in the blessing and the favor of God. Now, we talked last week about this point. Jesus in Mark chapter 4 is teaching the crowd. Then he takes his disciples aside and he tells them that there are secrets, there are mysteries of the kingdom of God. And he says, you are to know them and they will not. He said, they will see what I'm doing and they won't get it. They will hear what I'm saying and not understand it. As you go to this same teaching in the different uh, Gospels, you'll find very clearly that he says in Matthew chapter 13, verses 10 to 17, and that the reason they don't get it isn't because God hardens their heart, but it's because they have become dull of hearing, that they are lazy, they are focused on their own things and not the things of God. So Christianity, or following Christ, is not about you earning the, the power and the blessing of God. When you got saved and Jesus Christ came into your life, you did not have to clean up. I often tell people, you don't take a shower before you bath. It doesn't even make sense. You bath to clean. So we don't have to clean up our lives to come to God. We don't have to earn by our good works being in God's family. We come as messed up or as perfect as we are, and then God accepts us. We die to self. Jesus comes within. We live this amazing life. But now, 
Now that you're a believer, you are in something called the kingdom. It's the kingdom of God. Now there are two kingdoms on this planet. We need as the church to stop if you are looking at everybody based on language, based on prejudice, skin color, education, and recognize that everybody on this planet is our brother and our sister. Some are in the kingdom of God, and so we learn to work together and respect and honor one another, especially the household of faith, the Bible says. But then we look at those who don't know Jesus, and we see people out there who God loves. They are our brothers and our sisters who have not discovered this incredible life of Jesus, and we reach out to them. But now, for you to walk in the kingdom, and here's one of the things I've noticed. There's been a real resurgence of grace teaching, which I love, because grace is something that so few people seem to get, because we don't come to Christ on our own efforts. But His grace, His unearned favor, which is His ability to you and I, it functions out of your heart, not out of your mind. I meet with brilliant men and women all the time, and we'll discuss Scripture. And it's scary to me how many men and women have a brilliant ability to break down God's Word into doctrine and beautiful principles. And there is such an attraction to God's Word as you dive in as a believer <clears throat> because, wow, but I want the Word of God to work in my life. I want God's Word to erupt into my marriage, my kids, my family, and that only happens from the heart. Now, your head is where you are logical. It's where you are reasoning things through. But grace does not come from your reasoning. Grace comes from your believing. And believing, the Bible says, is of the heart. Jesus taught us that faith, if you're going to doubt, you doubt at the heart, you won't receive. So in this wonderful life of serving God that we got for free as a favor, we now must learn to work these amazing principles. So we have to understand that we alone control our hearts, its attitudes and its beliefs, because it is the heart, the factors of the heart that determine whether you have a hard heart or a soft heart. And remember, in the principle of the sower sows the word in Mark 4, a hard heart that is insensitive to God, resistant to God's teaching, that that is the seed that fell on hard soil and it lost out the quickest. So it is up to you and I to understand our own heart. Now, I don't mean you're going to understand it like God does, but understand the value of God's Word and the beliefs of our heart. Now, a lot of people, even Christians, they have got where they are in life through manipulating others, maybe even your spouse, through 
in you, you got where you are often by by uh, manipulating, using people. You've used force, maybe deception. You've gotten people to bend to your will, your way, whether it's in business. Maybe you're a better talker. Maybe you're a better closer. But you've learned to manipulate. And so when people come to know Christ, it's hard for us to leave our old ways of getting our way. You say, yeah, I know somebody like that. Well, all of us have to deal with this. Even passive aggressive people who are just quiet can quietly manipulate through their silence, through their withdrawal. And so we all have grown up in a world where we have learned to use power, a worldly kind of power. In fact, I'll go on record as saying that every marriage is a power struggle until you learn the ways of Christ and how to love properly. So we ha when we hear the word of God, we often go, I'll take this, 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 but not that, 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 and that. No, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm fine the way I am looking after myself. But herein leads to the next thought I want to give you. When we reject God's process as a Christian, we reject God. To reject the teaching of the Word of God is to reject the God of the Word. You can't just take a piece over here and not that and think you're going to walk in the miraculous. Jesus, much of Jesus' teaching in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is not about how to get saved. And here's where a lot of people struggle because they read about grace in the epistles and then they see Jesus teaching that we have to forgive, we got to do this, we got to, and they think he's talking about getting saved. He's not. In most cases, Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God that you must learn to work on this planet. So if you want to see a prosperity that comes from the kingdom of God, it flows from your heart. If you want to see a joy, unspeakable. If you want to see a peace that works in the middle of storms and problems, if you want to see the presence of God heal the very cells of your body, it comes from the heart. Faith is of the heart, and it is by grace that we see miracles through faith. By grace through faith. So when we look and we think, well, Leon, do we have to be obedient? No, you came to Jesus disobedient, and you were born again. But now, as a believer, you need to grow up. The Bible says that the very purpose of pastors and leaders, the five-fold ministry, is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry so they might have a maturity and come to a fullness of understanding and working the incredible power that is at your hands, at your disposal. But so many Christians have never grown up enough to get their heart working. And so if you've learned to get along the way you are, the way you want, and the way that's worked for you, you become born again and you go, oh, I don't know if I want to be that loving, that supportive. And, and the Bible actually says that we look like sheep to the slaughter. We are as sheep to the slaughter. The Bible doesn't say we are sheep to the slaughter. 
we are as we respond with such love and honor we respond with such an ability to help others and to reach out to others we stay out of jealousy and anger and competition because we know nobody can stop us from walking up the blessing of god i'm not competing with you so i can help you but people who have learned principles of manipulation and leadership from the world's way they have to die to their own opinions, behaviors, beliefs, and let God's beliefs and God's word rise up and come and, and find its place in their heart. A heart that does not trust the goodness of God interprets the word of God to support its own opinions. How many times have you heard someone read something in the Bible and they come up with some crazy doctrine? That's because it's their own heart that is interpreting it. And so unless you are going to die to your own opinions, die to the things that worked for you and that was done by willpower and the brilliance of your own brain. I'm not saying put your brain on tilt. I'm saying that the heart needs to have a new belief system and the mind needs to be renewed. So that's why when Jesus was talking to the, the Jews one time, he said, what do you read here and how do you read it? He's asking, how do you see this in the word? Because every person reads the Bible through their grid, through their beliefs, through their understanding. And you've got on one side people, and we, we often use the word narcissists now, and, and I think we've got to be careful there, but people who are self-centered and arrogant and proud and very, very um, have great faith in their own abilities, it's hard for them when they come to Christ, if, I'm not saying it's hard for them, I'm saying they have to make a choice to rely on what the Bible calls the arm of flesh, which is your own ability, or to begin to function in an entirely new way. It is a way where your heart, which has powerful beliefs, begins to trust on God. Now, the skills you have, the abilities you have, this wonderful mind you have, they still function, of course. But the beliefs are that you can be like Christ. There are those who are listening to me today who have been abused. You have had, you've been betrayed. People have let you down. And you live your life blaming others for your inability to walk out the joy and the peace that you need. This is why forgiveness is so crucial that you choose to forgive that person. Doesn't mean you feel like it. You say, every time it comes up, you say, I forgive that person. I cut the cord that ties them to my hurt, my brokenness. And in Luke 4, 18, Jesus is talking here about how he will heal the brokenhearted, how he will bring recovery of sight to the blind. Now, when you read that, we know that he healed blind eyes. But did you know that all through the teachings of Jesus, he talks about the eyes of your heart, that those who have eyes to see need to see. Those who have ears to hear need to hear. And it is talking about understanding at the heart level. So when, if you've been abused, broken, hurt, 
you'll often think because those kinds of people can cry quickly, they can look submissive and open to God, but I want to say something that's going to help someone. I find in decades of counseling as a pastor that many of the people who look broken and they can weep and, and they've been hurt, that they still have rock-solid opinions that they're not letting go. They will not trust. They blame people outside of themselves and they're not going anywhere until just like the arrogant person that we can see his attitude, his arrogance, he thinks he's all that in a bag of chips, and the person who looks submissive and broken, both have strong opinions at the heart level. Both have strong beliefs at the heart level that need to be let go as the Word of God comes in and Mark 4 says it takes root and it begins to grow. And if God's Word will get in your heart, the Bible says you can have literally 30 times the success, a hundred times the success if you allow God's Word to get into your heart. Well, Leon, what is that one quality that we need? Well, the Bible has a word that we have misunderstood. So let me explain it before you just write this next point off. The Bible says it's repentance. Repentance. Now, the word repentance, as many of Bible words, have been changed. And someone, you know, most people think repentance means to cry and sob and, and throw your body on the altar. I'm so sorry for what I've done, God. But that's actually not what repentance means. Now, that can be a part. Tears and a, and a contrite heart can be a part of repentance. Repentance means that you are teachable. To be repentant means you will change your mind. To, to repent of something isn't to just stop, it's to do a 180. If you're going in this direction, doing what is wrong, to repent means to change your mind, your thinking, your believing, and you turn and you go in the proper direction. To repent, to live a repentant life doesn't mean that you're a broken person. It means that you are quick to change. That when you see a truth in God's Word and someone shows it to you, that you are, and you can see in the Scripture, that you don't first go, well, I mean, I've learned to do it my... No, you always want to do it God way, God's way. Repentance is an attitude. It's, it's a desire to say to God, the guy who made you, I want what you believe. I want your opinions. I want your ways. It always stunned me when Jesus would make this statement. If you love me, do what I say. It sounds so arrogant. Can you imagine looking at your spouse and go, if you loved me, you would do what I want. <laughs> You'd probably get slapped. But yet, it's a deep truth that the world doesn't understand. That you can't accept Jesus and be saved and just get the kingdom to work and the kingdom principles to work. Most of Jesus' teaching, he said that the kingdom of God is at hand. And then he taught how to live and walk in kingdom provision, in kingdom protection. And you can be a born-again believer and spend your entire 
entire life having never walked out the incredible ability of the kingdom of God. Because the principles that Jesus teaches in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are predominantly when he says, if you don't do this, you can't enter the kingdom. People would look at that and go, oh, well, see, there is works involved. No, I'll give you an example. Jesus said that if you do not forgive, you cannot be forgiven. And then later on, after he dies on the cross, the teaching is to forgive others as Christ has forgiven you. It's spoken differently. So is one wrong and one right? No, we need context. As a born-again believer, if right now you make me mad and I get upset at you and I don't forgive you and a car hits me and I die, he went to hell. He told, Leon told that guy that he doesn't forgive him and a car hit him and he died. And so he went to hell according to the teachings of Jesus. Okay, listen to me. When you give your life to Christ, you become a brand new creation. But now, if you want to make the kingdom of God work for you, you must forgive. Because you cannot enter the kingdom of God, which is the kingdom of heaven. Not the place of heaven, the kingdom of heaven. You won't get kingdom principles to work on this planet if you do not walk out the sayings of Jesus. You don't have to be perfect, but your heart knows. And if you just choose to do it your way, I did it my way. Welcome to your own strength, your own ability, and the rest of your life as a Christian, you will never get to walk out these incredible promises until you allow God to begin to work on your heart. Remember this, the grace, the grace which is God's unmerited favor, it's his ability. Yes, you get it in an undeserved way, God's grace. But the way that grace works is by faith. You must faith, you must trust God. You must allow his word to get into your heart. If you've given your life to Jesus, thank God. If you die, you're going to be with Jesus. You're going to spend eternity in heaven. But if you would like a marriage, a family, finances, careers, a mind, a body that is literally flowing and impacted by the power of God, then you must learn to study his word because you, as an heir of all that Jesus has done, need to learn your rights and privileges, need to learn your duties and responsibilities, not to earn your salvation, but to learn how the kingdom of God works. Father, I pray right now that you would touch each of us, that we would begin to crave to know your word. I pray this year that, Father, this church would read through the Bible, learn to understand your principles, that, Father, we would love and we would obey your word, not to earn salvation, but to learn to work the principles of the kingdom of God. Father, I pray for those who don't know you that today they'll make that decision. If you're watching me today 
And maybe you've come to a place of knowing that your own efforts, they're just not enough. There's something I'm missing, Leon. It's a relationship with Jesus. And if you'd like to know him as Savior and Lord, then just say this to him. Just say, Jesus, I choose you. I choose today to trust in you. Come into my heart. Come into my life. I believe on you. And I'm following you for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> That's a choice only you can make. <laughs>